Welcome to the Joy in Purpose podcast. My name is Lola. I am the creator and host of this platform. In today's episode, I had the privilege of having a conversation with Michelle Watson. First, we discuss her role, which includes uh, training digital missionaries to optimize their kingdom messages in the virtual space. She does this by teaching digital missionaries about SEO, social media, and design. I really thought this was fascinating, so we had a discussion about it. Next, we discussed her journey of overcoming low self-esteem, anxiety, and being depressed, and how Christ really helped her through this journey. For me, this was a very encouraging episode. I believe every woman should listen to this episode because many of us often battle with low self-esteem and this can be an encouraging um, message for each and every one of us on how through Christ we can overcome low self-esteem. Before we get to the interview, I would love to tell you a little bit more about this platform and about myself. Joy in Purpose is a podcast dedicated to conversations about career development and mental health. I am a doctoral student in a psychology program and yeah, I am so excited that you're listening to today's episode. I want to remind our listeners that this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. It is for educational purposes only. Please and please and please don't forget to leave a review and share this episode with your friends and family. If you have any questions, please contact me at Joy in Purpose Podcast, Joy in Purpose Podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle, for joining me on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on the on, on my podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad. Um, so you sent me your bio last night, and I was very intrigued by it. So I wanted to start off by asking asking the first question. Uh, so your bio says that you train digital missionaries to optimize kingdom messages for the virtual space through SEO, social, and design. So I I was very intrigued with the term digital missionaries. So someone else might be listening to this podcast, like tell them, uh, as Christians, we're all called to the field to win souls for Christ. Uh, just talk about like how you came up with that. I'm fascinated by it. And just uh, the kind of clients that you serve through your company. Yeah. So what's really cool is I had a broader audience. I had a broader aim for a long time and it caused me to get easily overwhelmed, easily stressed because I felt like I was all over the place, but I just wanted to help people. I just wanted to serve people and I just wanted to bring glory to God, like, you know, just serve people well, reflect him well. And every year, me and my husband have a word. And last year, it was momentum, which was so fitting during COVID 
because, you know, a lot of people, it completely ripped out the foundation from under them and they didn't know what they were doing, but we just kept rolling and actually are more set up to do more amazing things because of that season than if we had maybe had a different mindset. And so since my husband prays for words this year, the word that he had was intentional. And so we started looking at everything through a different lens and started praying, God, refine us. You know our heart. You know that we want to serve you. Refine us. Show us the trajectory you want us to be on by starting to close things down. Show us red flags. Show us green lights. Show us, you know, make a way that is clear, right? Because I mean, sometimes it's not that all the options on the table are ungodly, but one, it's just a question of where would you be the most fruitful and you consult him because you care about his opinion. And we're like, you know, just, we're not doing this because we don't trust you. We're doing this because we trust you with everything. So show us, right? Take away the other doors. And one of the things that happened this year is a lot of conversations in the podcast space, right? About what is the church? What was the church doing right? And what was it doing wrong? And that's both the building, right, of church like and the local congregations, as well as the individual people. And so one of the things that we realized is that um, there's a lot of personal opinions. And I'm only speaking for, for the church. I'm not speaking for the world, but for the church. Yeah. There's a lot of personal opinions happening on social media that are outshining God's word, God's truth, and the gospel. So how do we equip the saints to follow the great commission, which is everyone's calling people ask like, what's my calling? Well, our pastor has said it many times and it really woke me up in the sense of we all have the exact same calling. We all have the great commission. So you don't have to wait around for what your calling is. You just start sharing in whatever way and you'll find your way because God's going to kind of lead you. Right. Um, but everyone right now is in a different space. You know, like some people are in states where Zoom is all they've got. Some people are in states where almost nothing feels different unless they turn on the TV. Um, But regardless, digital is being seen for the first time by the vast majority of the church as crucial. You know, before a lot of people could say, oh, that's not for us. Oh, we'd rather stay off there. Oh, we'd rather not focus there. But now we're all in digital. So that's the idea of a digital missionary is you're called to spread the gospel. And there's a lot of people, physical isn't possible right now. Or maybe physical is never where your strengths lie. But the digital space we can use. So my whole thing is to help people figure out the algorithms and take all the years that I've spent learning this stuff for myself. And I've been pouring it more into others than my own accounts, right? I I use it with my clients all the time. And I was like, I want to serve not just the person that's the entrepreneur trying to make a ton of money. I want to serve the pastors, the missionaries, the people who they have a full-time job, but when they're online, they want to bring God glory. And they want to know how to use that algorithm because in the world, you learn how to use tools when God gives you a job. And a lot of us don't like to think of social as a tool, but we have this tool, so we should learn how to use it. And so that's what I do is I is I am building courses and classes. I have a free group on Facebook and I also do it with my individual clients who are mostly faith based. And I teach them how to understand these tools and use them to maximize their effort toward the kingdom and pointing towards his glory, pointing people towards kingdom businesses and kingdom resources, kingdom entertainment, all of that kind of stuff. That's great. I have a couple more questions related yeah, to that. 
So are most of your clients like bloggers, um, people that want to post on Instagram? Uh, who are the clients that, what problems do you solve for your clients? Yeah, so I help. So the biggest thing is overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Um, you come into the online space for whatever reason, pretty much everyone comes here for something. Right. And so if you have some kind of servant role, whether it is you're a pastor that has a church, you're a podcaster for Christ that has a message and you just know that the more people that hear it, the more people will be blessed by it. Right. All these different roles, they come online and what they're good at is not necessarily social media. What they're good at is not necessarily putting together a website the right way. There's a right way and there's an inefficient way. And mm-hmm. anytime you settle for an inefficient way or you settle for just using it, however you figure it out on your own in the moment, what I've been telling people is you're running a race and trying to tie your shoes at the same time. And what you need to do is stop and tie your shoe and then run the race, right? And so a lot of people that are doers and servants of the Lord, they're so used to this go, go, go idea that they just, they just are rolling. And the only time they stop is when they have to put out a fire. And so what I do is I teach mindset, methods, and message. That's how I break it up. I break it into those three pillars and we sit and we camp in mindset for a while. And I think that for a lot of people, they want to just gloss over that, but God has us renewing our mind. Right. So I'm trying to renew people's minds, show them the biblical perspective, show them what they don't actually need to worry about that the world is saying. When you look at how the world is telling you to use Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, etc., there's things that they care about or things they do to get those followers that we should not follow suit in. Right. And so mm-hmm. I'm sitting here saying, look, this is the mindset we need. We don't need metrics to be our idol, but we also don't need to discount what metrics can tell us. We don't need to be a slave to social media, but we do need to know how to love people on social and loving people on social doesn't just mean that you pump out your content and then run away, right? It means you engage because me and my husband, we served on the streets every Wednesday for over a year, regardless of the weather, we would go out there and we would talk to people and we would love on them. And we first started going out there with tracks and our whole thing was we're going to hand out tracks and invite people to church. And we quickly realized That's not the issue. Our job, God doesn't Mm -hmm. call us to get people in the church. God calls us to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, then that's what we need to do. And what is the gospel, right? It is the greatest act of love ever committed with the greatest outcome of victory that's ever been had. And so Mm -hmm. that requires listening to people. That requires talking to people based on what you hear, not just what you want to give them. And so we sit there in that. And I, and I also encourage people, I help them purge their life of the things that are robbing them of time. Me and my husband canceled Netflix because we realized we were spending 21 hours a week sitting in front of Netflix, three hours an evening. And we were talking about how we don't have time. And then we, we cut that out. We just literally canceled it. And all of a sudden we had all this time. We started a podcast. My business finally started refining things. We were capable of doing so many other things. So I start there. So I help people beat the overwhelm, learn the efficient, correct way to use social media so that they're not spending six hours for five likes, right? Um, And then from there, I help them figure out their design methods, like some basic just design tricks, design tools, um, good practices so that their stuff stands out. You know, the world knows that success comes with excellence. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes in the body of Christ, 
there's this feeling of like, I don't want to learn something else, right? When it comes to social, like that just seems exhausting. It almost seems kind of shallow because social is used in a lot of shallow ways. So they kind of just like, well, the Lord is faithful and he'll take care of it. He'll let my message get to whoever. But we would never say that for other things other than the internet. We would never say, I'm just going to stand on this street corner, not say a single word, and God's just going to send people to me. We would say, I have to at least open my mouth right? Mm -hmm. Unless the Holy Spirit literally convicts you to stand silent because there's someone who needs a silent person. Like we're, there's things like he, he wants to engage with us and use our strengths, use opportunities to teach us things. And so for some reason, people don't see it with social. So that's what I do. I teach people that kind of stuff and get them out of there. And right now I'm aiming to bless pastors and missionaries that have the smaller churches that could never afford a class at this, at this state, just let, let them learn. And then podcasters are my big group right now. And podcasters tend to also be authors and bloggers. They tend to go across. Um, but I've been doing a lot of cover art, a lot of training, but I would say at least 50% of my online group is podcasters that want to get out that message better. And they're already like, I do enough as a podcaster, as a mom, as a, as a full-time, whatever, how am I supposed to also, also be a full-time marketer? So I hone that in. That's incredible. You know, there, you said so many good stuff right there, good <laughs> things right there. My answers will be shorter from now on, I promise. <laughs> Oh, oh no, you're, no, you're good because, um, I, I like the fact that you're targeting Christian content creators because there are other people that also have, might have similar services, but when someone understands your message and why you're passionate about it and also understands that you have a life, I just feel like you're already helping them to solve their problem and they're there you understand sometimes some things will not be spoken because you already get it you already get the burden that god put on their heart the urgency of it and to help them create an amazing platform you also said other things related to like renewing of the mind and you're just speaking i'm very sure other people listening to to this podcast right now will be able to say that you sound like such a confident person <laughs> but <laughs> you do you and you also talked about uh renewing your mind so I want to go back a little bit and because we uh, we're going to talk about overcoming low self-esteem depression right. and all of that so can you just share a little bit about your story your background yeah. and when you think you first noticed low self-esteem um right. in your own life yeah so I grew up, I never didn't have two parents that loved me, but I had two parents who their pillar was not the Lord, right? So they already had those limitations and they also struggled to get along with each other. Um, and there were different levels of abuse going on um, toward my mom and I grew up never being the one that was abused, but some would say probably witnessing some of it. And it was very rare, but it would happen. And it was very mm -hmm. traumatizing when it did happen because I guess it happened so infrequently, I never got numb to it, right? Um, but people would say, well, that is a form of abuse, but it was like secondary abuse. Like I was seeing it, but it was more visual than it was actually happening to me. And the rest of the time, full of love, right? I never had to worry about going without the necessities. 
And I always found love, like I realized early on, I had two parents that loved me and that made me brave, right? And I have carried that over now to say, even if I lost my parents, my husband and my child, I have God, right? And I have his love. And so I can still be brave. And so one thing I always tell people is if you start thinking about the worst that could happen now, the things, your greatest fears before they actually happen and give them to the Lord now, he can start preparing you, not necessarily saying they're going to happen, but it makes you stronger because you're, you're practicing mentally and spiritually for something that could happen so that you can kind of defeat the fear ahead of time. But back then I, uh, the dysfunction at home mixed with all that love at home. Like I was convinced, well, a healthy relationship would solve all my problems that and a great skill set. So growing up, I always tried to learn more things. I kind of saw skills as a way to protect myself from whatever would come. Cause I could be a survivor. I could get in any job. If I knew the right things, if I knew just how to work hard, then I would always be able to find a job. I would never go hungry. I would ne- like, you know, I would always stand out. I'd always be able to offer something. I wanted to be useful to people. I, uh, I felt the loneliness that was coming from both of my parents at home. And I never wanted someone to feel as lonely as I did. And so I was like, I'll be that person that will sit and listen to them and never judge them, never make them feel weird for that really weird thing they just said. Because I realized everyone's really weird. And probably a lot of things we're weird for are things that aren't actually weird. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's just not talking about it. So I became that person. So I was trying to be all things to all people. And I kind of for a while didn't know who I was. And I didn't know if Hmm. people loved me for me or because I was the comforter in their life. You know, did they love me because I loved them or did they love me because of me? And I just never knew. And so I had this big emptiness inside and I call it a God-shaped hole right after the song. Um, And I was convinced and I, I, I could fall for a guy so easy. Like if I found a guy, it wasn't just a crush. It's like hardcore, like And it never worked out. Praise God. It never worked out. And I think back then it hurt me so bad. I was like, what is wrong with me that it never works out? I have all these skills. I'm such a good listener. Like I'm everything that I've read I'm supposed to be to get love. And yet I can't get the romantic love that I'm convinced is going to solve all my problems. And that continued on through college. And I kept trying to be better, I guess, kind of like in that humanistic perspective, like without God, just trying to be better on your own. Right. And just like, anytime I found a flaw in myself trying to fix it and I have tons of flaws, like I didn't do a good job, but, (laughs) but, um, but I, I just, it never worked out. And then finally in my senior year in college, I was just starting out and I felt so wronged because a lot of guys had wronged me along the way. Right. And I felt so wrong and I felt so done. I was like, I keep wanting a relationship. None of these guys want that from me. So out of resentment, I was like, well, I'm just going to get what I want from them and leave them. And I had this mental list of guys that like, Hey, you know, at least like a kiss or like, like a, like a single evening with them. And I never went completely all of the way, praise God again. But, um, you know, just like, you know, messing around with them, playing around with them instead of them playing around with me. And I was able, when I did that, I was able to get them all. And I felt that hurt me more. Like I thought it would empower me. It made me bitter because I was like, so when I want nothing from them, they're there. What does that mean? Right. And so at the same time I was realizing I, you know, I loved pop culture. I could sing every song that came on the radio. I knew the quotes from every movie that was coming out. You know, I was about pop culture. 
And I realized it was getting darker and weirder. And the song lyrics didn't match these really weird, creepy music videos. And so at the same time that I was brokenhearted by guys, there was like a whole other part of me finding, going down this rabbit hole of like, what do these music videos mean? What are they talking about? Finding out occult symbolism, finding out all this. Now, at the same time, my dad was Catholic. My mom was Christian. Neither went to church. So I grew up in a house with some Bibles, some little kids, Bible books, whatever, like hearing Christian lingo, but never knowing what any of it meant. So now I'm reading about all this occult stuff and something comes back because God's faithful this whole time. My mom's praying for me, even though she doesn't go to church, you know, she's terrified of going to the wrong church. So she hasn't gone, but she's praying for me to know Jesus. And so I'm reading all this occult stuff and I'm like, all these occults borrow inspiration from all these other world religions, but the, but the occult hates and attacks and flips upside down Christianity. And I was like, so if you're in the, like all these, like all these music videos that are so dark and creepy, they're paying homage to like gods and deities of other cultures, but they're always flipping crosses upside down. You know, like they're never borrowing from the Bible. They're attacking the Bible or ignoring the Bible. And so I was like, all of this was happening at once. And then finally, one last heartbreak happened. I came home broken, crying to God, because I prayed to him kind of like a genie, right? And so I was like, God, please don't let me ever fall for anyone ever again, unless you want them for me. And so even though I didn't have Jesus, because I didn't know what his dying meant, I was submitting my future to God and saying, I didn't know, right? And in that moment, I felt him. And I felt this feeling of like, you treat me like a genie. And I could be so much more. And it and it rocked me. And from that day on, anytime I would look at like the occult, because it was kind of like a side obsession, like like watching a car wreck, right? Like I didn't want anything to do with it, but I was scared of it. And suddenly I was like, I'm going to read the book of Revelation. That's the only book that hasn't happened yet. So I started my first foray into actually reading the Bible as an adult and not just a little kid book talking about Noah's Ark and, and the lion's den. Uh, my yeah. first foray was Revelation. I read the whole thing, annotated. It blew my mind. I saw so much of God's grace, which surprises people. But I just saw him giving chance after chance, miracle after miracle, amazing thing after amazing thing, pretty much confirming God of the Bible is real, y'all. If you've ever heard of the book of Revelation, this is what's literally happening right now. You want to come to heaven? You still can. Like, wow. You know, like just so much grace. So I came to Christ alone on my couch with my laptop out. And I no longer needed a man to solve my problems. I no longer felt hopeless. I no longer felt like I had, I was terrified of my future because I didn't know where it was going to go. I felt like I was on the winning team and it had nothing to do with me. And life started to change. And it was a thousand tiny little things that made me who I am right now. Um, and I, I used to be able to be confident about stuff, but at the end of the day, the confidence was just like in the moment and it was all based on my pride. I had to build myself up in my head, right? Sometimes I had to mentally tear others down. It wasn't real confidence. It wasn't godly confidence. But because I know who he is and I know that the only thing that can interrupt his ability for me to do his will is me. You know, if I want to follow him and obey him and do his will, nothing can stop me. Um, the devil can come and attack, but it won't matter. Someone can die, it won't matter. I can get sick, it won't matter because I will live as long as God tells me to. 
You know, the only thing that can ever interrupt my servitude is me saying, no, I don't want to do that today, God. And that has made me so bold and so energized, even on the toughest days, even in the darkest days. And so I am passionate about helping both the lost who have no idea and the found who might be saved, but then that's it. You know, I'll see them in heaven, but they aren't experiencing all the opportunities to serve him that they could be. So they're robbing themselves. And I don't want them to rob themselves. And I don't want others to go to hell if they can know better. And I know predestination is a thing, but on my watch, I'm going to do my best, right? I'm going to show them love and, uh, and I want to help empower other people to do the same. So all of that was just like years of anxiety and low self-esteem and trichotillomania, which is compulsive hair pulling for all my anxiety built up, right? Um, and I still struggle with it, but back then it was just so much worse, um, mm-hmm. and, and so all those things, and it's just like lifted, just lifted. And I still experience those feelings sometimes, but it's not a way of life. I can tell when they show up cause they haven't been there forever. So it's been an amazing change. That's amazing. So there's a woman listening right now and she has low self-esteem. Yeah. Maybe she can relate to your past in the sense that she has skills, she's educated, uh, but it's like, feels like people don't like her. They don't love her. She also tries her best. And it's like, right. it all is falls apart. Even the friendship, even the relationship. And she's a Christian, but maybe she's in a place of disappointment. I started this podcast and I titled it Joy in Purpose because even on this journey to purpose, we face disappointments and pain, and that can lead to depression. Um, so what what encouragement, what would what advice would you have for that person that is a Christian, or maybe they've they they've backslided or they're like, I don't know about this Jesus thing. I'm just so depressed and I have low self-esteem. And it's just they feel like no one gets them. Right. No one gets them. And they're in a place of frustration. What spiritual encouragement or advice do you have for that person? Yeah. I'll say that when you're in love with someone, you can be in a room of 100 people and you don't even notice what they're wearing, what they're saying, what they're doing. You're just so engulfed talking to the person you're in love with in that room. And that's life with Jesus in the sense of you have an option. You can be with Jesus, but not really be feeling him, not know much about him. You're just on this date because, you know, he's a good, he's a safe bet. And so you're going to pay attention to everyone in the room. And you're wondering if they, what they think about this guy you're with, what they think of you, what they, what they're doing, what they're not doing, what they're wearing, what they're succeeding at, what they're not succeeding at. You're busy, like picking apart what they're saying and wishing you had what they had. But if you're in love with Jesus, you don't care because you already are loved and you're already understood at a level that no one on this earth could ever understand you. And you're someone died for you already, but yet they still Mm -hmm. get to be here. So you get the benefit of knowing they would, they did die for you and they're now living through you and living with you and living for you. And, um, and that's what we have to focus on is learning how to love him. And I'm not saying that you, that, you know, it, it can come easy. Cause for me, I, it was really hard for me 
to fall in love with him because I'm a thinker. I'm a head person. And then I realized, you know, arrange marriages, you get married, then you fall in love. And so if you're like me, think of it like an arranged marriage where, yeah, this is the best. Nothing's better. But you have to spend time with him to get to know him. Right. Because you married him first. And so get to know him. Tell him everything. I tell people, if you think your prayer life sucks, just realize this simple thing. He knows everything you're thinking. So all day long, if you acknowledge he's hearing your thoughts, you can have a two-way conversation with him all day long, you know? And so maybe your prayer life isn't as bad as you thought, which is one of the reasons people get really discouraged in the Christian life. They're like, how do I have time to sit in a closet for an hour, right? When I've got three kids running around or I've got to work two jobs. I'm like, I just assume he hears everything. So when I'm talking, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to Jesus in my head all day long. and sometimes I get an answer, right? Either he sends someone or a verse comes to mind or a truth comes to mind or a memory where he's trying to teach me something comes to mind, but I feel taken care of and seen and heard all day. I don't feel alone because I realize I'm not alone, but we have to change our mindset, right? And understand that God's methods, right? And his message are what are going to change our lives so that we no longer care if people think we're weird. Right. Like what I said in the beginning in my testimony, I was bold and brave because I knew at home I had two people who loved me. Right. Before Christ, just two people, two imperfect people's imperfect love was enough for me to go out there, go do risky things, go try something new. Like I knew if I ran out of money, they didn't have much at all. Right but I wouldn't go homeless unless they were homeless too. And they'd find a way to get us back in a house. I knew that if I made a fool of myself, I could come home and they'd still love me and not think I'm a fool. That's what we have Mm -hmm. to do with God. We have to say, doesn't matter what the world thinks. He'll send the right people. He'll send, he'll send the right pain. And I won't even say he'll send it, but he'll be there. He allows the consequences of the world to come in, which cause pain, but he'll redeem that pain. Mm -hmm. And so he's there for everything. We just have to trust. And so that's what I'll say is stop trying to be understood by people. Stop trying to be accepted by people and start trying to understand and learn to accept God for who he is, not who you want him to be. Accept his word for what it is, not what the culture says it should be today. And you will, the rest will follow. The rest will always follow if that's where you're pouring your energy. Like with all the social media stuff, I'm like, no, no, no. Don't start with, oh my gosh, how do I make engaging content? Start with, why are you even doing this? Start with, what works? Start with, how is this built? Start with the mindset and the content will come. Don't try to start with the content and never understand the heart behind it. Or else you'll be the legalistic person trying to remember all the laws instead of the person who understands God's heart. So following Mm -hmm. the laws comes naturally. You know, and so that's 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 what I would say. Okay, I I like how you talked about arranged marriage, because where do you know that Jesus died for us, the ultimate sacrifice, and being in a relationship with someone that has already made that sacrifice, and just just knowing that and learning to be like, I'm gonna be in love with this right. my my savior, right? Oh uh, yeah. So the last question I have for you, um, as uh, a wife, 
as a um as a mother i can imagine i'm not married and i and i don't have any children but i can imagine thinking of my children going through some of the things i've been through or like dealing with anxiety being the type of person because i i'm similar to you in that where uh if, with friendships especially it's like i want to be the best for them right. be the friend that maybe they never had right and then you end up realizing that i'm doing too much and this person doesn't even see my worth or they never saw it to begin with they never saw the value of the friendship so i can imagine like i wouldn't want my kids to go through that kind of hurt <laughs> right <laughs> of right. like of of like people stepping over their boundaries or or my kid not having any type of boundaries right um so how does how does uh, your past uh influence the way that you parent and what type of lessons are you how are you instilling those lessons in in your children so we have one little girl she turns 2 in less than 2 weeks nice. and we're already we're already working on it and i will say that uh my past never worked for me mm-hmm. i was a control freak and it didn't work for me and that's what about my past i've learned i'm going to i'm going to not focus on keeping her from the things that will hurt her. I'm going to focus on showing her how God will lead you through anything that comes, how any mistake you make can be redeemed and that you can't lose your relationship with Jesus or your mama for whatever you do. Right. And like I said earlier, that's the mindset. If you can give them the right godly mindset, you don't have to worry about protecting them from the mistakes they'll make. But if you obsess over and fear the mistakes you made or the mistakes you think they're going to make, then you're going to try and play God. And that can come out in so many ways. I can't even go into it. Right. Manipulation or micromanagement or fear where you're paralyzed to do anything about it, or you're taking it into your own hands and not asking for wisdom anymore. But one thing I've learned, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody. Every like there's mistakes that like I imagine my daughter making that make me sick to my stomach. I'm like, oh, please, Lord. Right. Don't. But I know every generation since the beginning of time has done things that has made their stomach, their parents stomachs turn. And uh, so instead, I'm going to teach her and I already am. I'm going to I'm going to show her I'm going to empower her with God's truth, the armor of God. I'm going to obsessively right, passionately walk out to the best of my ability and and talk to her through everything and be real and transparent and open about my struggles as they're happening. She's not going to mm-hmm. think mommy has it all together or adults have it all together. She's going to know from whenever she realizes it that adults don't have it together either. Only mm-hmm. God has it together and that's why we need him. And I'm going to um just show her, show her that. I think one of the biggest things like tangible, like what does that look like is um, I used to, I mean, she's just two, but she's been walking since about one and me and my husband both serve at church. And so um, she obviously wants us right now. She's in a big mommy phase. So mommy, 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 mommy. Even when I'm right there, mommy, come here. I'm like, I'm sitting right next to you. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but so when I'm sitting at church serving, I do pro presenter, which is like the, the big slides with the lyrics on them, the Bible verses on them. And our church is still physically open just with less people. And so we, we were only closed for a month, I think. But 
So I, she comes with us and she goes to nursery school during service, but during worship, she's there. But when I come in, I'm, I'm helping make sure that the verses are going to align with the singers, that their, their lyrics are coming up at the right time, that all the verses are right. So as long as they're practicing their music, I'm sitting at a computer. And, I, and when she used to want me, I used to say, mommy's got to work right now. And then one day I realized, I was like, what am I teaching her that church is associated with mommy doesn't have time for me? And church is associated with work and having to do things. I was like, that ain't godly. That ain't church. So I was like, I need to fix my own mindset first. But I also have to fix the way I talk to her. And across the board, I don't say I have to do something. I say, mommy gets to serve Jesus right now. Hmm. Want to sit here and learn with me? You're welcome. Hey, and you know, hey, today we got our blueberry muffin. Let's eat our blueberry muffin together while mommy does lyrics. You know, it's not mommy has to, because I don't have to, I get to, I get to serve in this way. And I want her to understand it's a privilege to serve God and not something you have to do to get in, not something you have to do to stay in his good graces and not something you have to do to be looked up well at church. So when we think about, oh, in the morning when we're reading our Bible and our kids are like, mommy, mommy, guess what? You don't say, mommy has to read her Bible right now because you don't have to read your Bible right now. It's wise to read your Bible right now. But just think, instead of saying, I have to do this thing for God, say, I get to do this thing for God and, and mirror that same thing with your kids. That's, that's a huge mindset shift for the both of you right there because now they're like, oh, this is a treat. God is a treat, not an obligation. I love it. I love that you're focusing on the mindset because that is truly important. Thank you so much. Uh, before we close out, I would love for you to share with the audience where they can find you online and uh, even your business in case anyone is interested. Yeah. So if you go to, I'm going to spell it out, 3125.com slash high and 3125, it's spelled out 31 and then just the number 25.com slash high. And if you go there, H-I, if you go there, it's like a little landing page that takes you to pretty much everything I've got going on, right? The creative side of my business, the free Facebook group, my, uh, the, my podcast with my husband, because I didn't even touch on that, but me and my husband have a podcast, the Pantry Podcast that we do every Wednesday. Um, all, all those links are there. And so that's the easiest way to find me is to go there um, because, you know, my handles kind of vary wherever I go, but I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Pinterest and all those places. But the easiest way is to just go to 3125.com slash high. And that's where you can kind of connect with me in all those different ways. Yay. Great. Thanks for coming on my podcast and sharing your thoughts, your of wonderful course. thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it was great to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. I love you for listening Thank you. And like I mentioned earlier, don't forget to leave a review and share this episode with your friends and family. Through, through this journey,